I'm Summer Falgiano, and you're tuned in to Badasses in Tech. This week, we're joined by Sarah Peterson, co-founder of one of our favorite apps, The Nudge. Trying to figure out how to turn your passion into a full-time career? Sarah's here to tell us how to make it happen. Hey, thanks for having me. This is great. Of course. Now, The Nudge is one of my favorite apps and services, but for those of us who may not be as familiar, can you give us a quick overview of what exactly The Nudge is? Yeah, of course. You hear that many people describe The Nudge like your planner friend in your pocket. So we have, you know, many of us have that friend who who's texting us on a Friday with a plan to go hiking on Saturday and they've figured out all the details for us and all you have to say is like, yep, I'm in. And we figured out that that is kind of the initiative that people need to really to be their most adventurous selves. So essentially, the nudge mimics that planner friend. And we send text messages three times a week to people um, with things for them to do around the city. Um, so that can be, like I said, a hike plan, a date night plan, um, maybe even help making your New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we've, we've launched in San Francisco and Seattle, and we have about um, one in five female millennials in San Francisco getting the nudge. So That's awesome. And I'm one of those females, and yeah. I love it. <laughs> Very cool. So how did, you, how did you get started to do this? And, and I understand you started it with your brother, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So about, I had worked about five years at Apple and, and during that time towards the end of that, John had created an app called Live Day and it was essentially a platform for creating and sharing plans in your city. So somewhat similar to, to the Nudge, but, but a different model. And I had been involved with him just in the background of him starting that and always found it quite fascinating. We'd even like gone to Las Vegas and pitched at a convention together um, while I was still at Apple. And then I went to Munich for a year and a half with, with Apple. And during that time, I even tried to convince him to launch Live Day in Munich and said I could maybe run it. And um, so there had always been kind of the, the interest there on my side. So when I moved back, when I was getting ready to move back from Munich and thinking about my next step, I did a lot of brainstorming about what I really wanted, what type of opportunity I was most interested in, mm-hmm. what impact I wanted to make on, you know, on the world, and decided to basically join, join John. And we pivoted the company to, to be what it is today. And that was about, yeah, a year and a half ago. Wow. Can you tell me a little bit more about the experience and, and what it was like being at Apple? It's a great company. You know, everyone always dreams of working at Apple. Can you explain how how that process was when you were deciding, you know, this is this is not what I want to do and this is I want to do something else? I'm sure a lot of us have kind of experienced that and could probably uh, get some tips on how to handle that. Yeah. So before starting at Apple, I actually had a they allowed us to pick our start date after college. And so I picked the latest start date. And um, <laughs> During that time, I spent two months teaching social entrepreneurship in a rural village in South Africa, and that was just an amazing experience for me, and I, I've never really felt more alive and felt like I was really able to make a difference in, in people's lives. And so when I, went, when I finished that and then went into my job at Apple, I always kind of missed that, that feeling that I had. 
And so I always knew and I was always kind of thinking about like, oh, you know, how do I get back into this, into that world? And so that was just always kind of in the background of my, of my thought. And I, in general, at Apple was always seeking adventure and, mm-hmm. and a new challenge. And so I had gone to Abu Dhabi for six months with Apple and then did the Munich thing. And during, when I was in Munich, I had made a list of why I felt like I was so much happier in Munich. Wow. And part of it was that it was a small team and I had the opportunity to really make a difference. And part of it was, you know, the work-life balance. And that was just, that is so different in Europe. And honestly, part of it was not having a commute. So in San Francisco, I was commuting from here to Cupertino. And yeah. Munich had a pretty short commute. And I made a list. I had actually gotten a job to come back to with Apple and had made a list kind of that night that I had to decide right. of all the things that I didn't want to compromise on. And the first one was no commute. And I think that was just, <laughs> I think that was just an easy one for me to be like, I don't even remember what else was on the list, but I, it was an easy thing for me to just like stick to. I cannot take the job because it has a commute. And of course there were so many deeper reasons for that decision, right. but that was something like easy for me to stick to. Yeah. So I just kind of had hit a point where it made sense for me to, to make a big change since I already was in moving back to um, the U.S. Yeah. And you guys, you haven't had a chance to look back ever since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's been really special working with my brother. So when I moved back, I actually, you know, rent prices had gone up. And so I didn't really have the opportunity to live in a studio or anything. So I actually moved in with him and, and five other people. And and so we were living together, started the nudge together yeah. um, and working out of our apartment. And so we did that for a few months. And that was that was a really, I look back on it and that was a really special time where, you know, we could just like hustle all day, yeah. we would make coffee pots and just drink coffee all day. Oh my gosh. And, and then evolved to working in a co-working space and then me moving out. And, and that was probably healthy, a healthy decision. <laughs> Separation, and then yeah, to now having an office in the marina. So um, wow, yeah, what an evolution! And just in one year, yeah, it, it feels like so much longer sometimes. But yeah, we've uh, checked off a lot of uh, different stages within that year and a half. What What would you say are like the foundational things to get a business started and up and running to the point where you guys have? have gotten the nudge to be mm-hmm. basically having the, like just courage and patience and work ethic to to keep with it yeah. um, because obviously you're going to have a lot of ups and downs within that first few months and a lot of people who don't believe in you and and some of those people could be friends who are just like don't really understand the concept right. or you know you get a lot of doubt from people you know near and far and so you have to have the the courage to kind of work through that. And and also the I think the humility to ask questions and ask for help. So during fundraising, John yeah. and I had never gone through that before. And we really we really were we had a group of maybe five people that we would email almost every day to ask questions to. And I I can't wait to be that person for other people yeah. because I I just know that 
and maybe maybe we could have done it without them but it just was incredibly helpful to have people that we could be like hey you know this investor said this thing i have no idea what that means how should we respond to that and uh there's a pretty incredible network out there of entrepreneurs who are willing to help how how would one go about finding a network like that how did you guys find that that group of people yeah it's a good question Honestly, sometimes I was just reaching out to people on LinkedIn yeah. um, in a very thoughtful way. I get some LinkedIn messages where you can tell they're just kind of like copying and pasting to a lot of people. And so I think um, it was important that I was pretty thoughtful in reaching out to specific people and, and then just asking to quickly hop on the call. Yeah. And those conversations were always really helpful. And then I, I got lucky where my boyfriend's friend had moved to San Francisco and he was starting yeah. a company and had just went through Y Combinator. So he was really helpful and really just trying to like, you know, get connected to people. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It sounds like it all kind of just worked itself out. Like you had all of these pe- people come in and out of your lives, all these opportunities kind of line up. And it sounds like it was just like you said earlier, keeping, keeping yourself you know, focus and having the courage to keep pushing through and, and not, not letting the doubts kind of, or, or even the self doubts, you mentioned not really being able or, or not being sure of an answer to, to give the investor. So, you know, mm-hmm. just not letting the doubts get to you. I love that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a big thing for honestly, everyone when you're starting a company is self doubt. And I think yeah. that it's not a very sexy thing to talk about, but I think everyone feels it. And, and it's important to, to manage that. And I think it can, you can use it to strengthen you in a way. So like if you, you know, I prepare way more than someone without a little doubt. And so there's, I think it can be a good and bad thing. It's just important to, to manage it. Yeah. And luckily you had your brother with you the whole time. So if you yeah. were ever in a situation of doubt, you could just turn to him. I'm, I would love to hear more about the dynamic of, of that, of working with your brother. I feel like that's yeah. such a special and unique thing. Yeah, it's, um, it, it is really valuable to have already built, you know, a love and trust and respect amongst the both of us that, mm-hmm. you know, we our whole lives building. And so there was already an element of, like we're not gonna, you know, BS each other. There's right. we can just say exactly what we're thinking. Whereas I imagine, you know, the typical co-founders have to be more sensitive to to building that respect before they can really just say everything they want to. Mm-hmm. And so that allowed us to move pretty quickly in the beginning. And we're really, you know, we have almost weekly walking meetings where we talk very openly with each other and give each other pretty hard feedback, good and bad, mm-hmm. and iterate on that feedback. And we can check in and pretty honestly about how our team's doing. And it's, yeah, it's been a really, a really special journey in that way that I think, and I guess the biggest plus is that it does allow us to move pretty quickly. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, having those weekly one-on-ones and, and being open and honest. What are, um, what are some other habits that you feel like have contributed to the success of Nudge and, and the success of what you and your brother are doing that other people may be able to learn? Mm-hmm. So both of us came, John was a consultant before, um, and so both of us came from bigger company environments mm-hmm. into the startup world. 
And, you know, you realize during the first very, very first few months that, wow, like you have no structure anymore. And that takes a lot of getting used to. And I'm sure a lot of people get lost in that, in that phase. And so we're actually extremely organized, almost in an annoying way of like how we structure our time. And <laughs> it, it's definitely something to get used to, but we actually, you know, have like an, a Google doc that says our, our day or week or month and year tasks. And we have a meeting every week where we, where we talk about the month and then we kind of bring that down to the week. And then every day we go over our daily plan and it's really structured in a way where, you know, you don't go on to the next task until you're done with the first. And it's just something that's been really helpful for us to stay accountable with ourselves, but also, you know, for me to know what John's working on and what our chief engineer Kevin's working on. And it's something that I talk to people about and a lot of people have implemented it into their own companies. And again, it can be kind of annoying to work in such a regimented way, but I think it, it's so helpful in staying focused. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone has their, their own systems that, that can work for them, but that's been incredibly helpful for us. And then, um, basically fostering a, a office space that can be very collaborative and we have open debates and that's something that we, we care a lot about is like the is debating and you can only do that again with a level of respect and trust for each other and even our our newer employees i think have jumped into that pretty quickly (laughs) so yeah yeah i love that how do you how do you unplug how do you kind of keep your your work life and and your regular life balanced Mm -hmm. so to be honest Germany taught me a lot about work-life balance and I pre-Germany was pretty like pretty bad at that I would Mm -hmm. say and it's easy to get burned out (laughs) yeah totally and I and yeah I was even like you know getting sick sometimes because it was just working too much and so Mm -hmm. Germany was really helpful for me because my boss would literally at 6 p.m be like it's not cool for you to email me like you literally can't email anyone and it took a lot of getting used to. And, and I literally remember my bosses just like calling different business partners, calling me several times and being like, Hey, Sarah, this is not a way to live your life. Like you need to, yeah. you need to just like go chill, like go to the park or go, you know, go right. have a beer, or just, uh, you know, stop working after a certain point. And I, I hope that that you know, becomes a big part of the nudge one day. And right now that's obviously harder because we just, we have to be hustling more than the normal because we're still quite young. But yeah, so how, I mean, I, I think working out is, is really important in a time where it's, even if you can't really make time for meditation, which I would love to do every day, but, right. but don't be honest. Um, at least there's moments in working out where you, your mind is just completely off of work and you're just focused on yourself or the move you're doing. And I find that to be extremely important. Um, I love going for walks. I have this like moment in the morning where I drink my coffee and just look outside and like don't try to don't you know judge what I think about. I just like look outside for a few minutes. I honestly I love that moment. That's awesome. It's just yeah. But I think we could all be a little bit better still about being present. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I can't help but ask 
you know, the nudge, I get, e or I get text messages three or four times a week with different plans. What are, what is your favorite or what is like your gem, hidden gem of, yeah. of San Francisco? My favorite is probably, is probably definitely the, I have a few different favorites, but I yeah, love that. Have you ever been to Taurus Club in Marin? More time. Have you ever been to Taurus Club? I haven't. It's like a hidden little beer garden in, in Marin that you kind of near Mill Valley that you have to hike up to. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, they don't, they're not open to the public all the time, but they do events maybe three times a year. And I've been there before where I've ran into like a bunch of nudgers and we've taken mm -hmm. big group photos together. And <laughs> so that's really fun. But I think it's just such a, for people who don't know about it, it's such a hidden gem where you get there and you're like, oh my gosh, this is, and for someone who misses Germany, I just like, yeah. I wear my journal, my little German dress and hike up there. And I, it's just uh, a really cool thing to learn about if you, if you've never been. Yeah. And then, and then I love, like I wrote a conquering half dome plan that like mm -hmm. gives every single detail you would need to, to do half dome. And I think, wow. Those nudges I'm really proud of because, you know, so many people crave being more adventurous, but they yeah. just, they didn't grow up in a family that, that went hiking or camping and like, just mm -hmm. don't know how to do that. And so the plans where we really make that accessible to people, um, I'm always really proud of. Yeah. I love that. And how do you come up with the plans? I mean, is it, is it something that you have to actually go and do or is it, you know, you talk to different people who have experienced that and you come up with the plans from there? Yeah, we're always starting at kind of an, a narrative perspective. So thinking about, you know, where are people at right now and mm -hmm. maybe that's the weather or the season, you know, obviously season right. or holidays that are going on or politics or things specific to the city. And so we're always starting at that point and thinking like, you know, where meeting people at where they're at. And so if, you know, if it's been raining and there's one day of sunshine, thinking about like how we can, you know, motivate people to go out and hike to take advantage of the sunshine. So that's how we're starting to think of ideas at a high level. And then for plans, it really comes about in different ways. Sometimes you know, our team will write a plan that we feel passionate about and that we've done. And then other times we'll work with, you know, influencers or friends or people who are experts in hiking or mm -hmm. foodie people and they'll write plans. And so it's really a mixture of. Yeah. Of, Very collaborative. Yeah. Yeah. And people, we don't pay people to write plans. So it's, it's kind of similar to, you know, Yelp or anything where there's right. just an amazing amount of people out there who are excited to contribute to content to a platform that mm -hmm. is inspiring thousands of people to, to go out and do more things. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Keep them coming. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. What's your favorite plan? <laughs> well, like I said, I, I just recently um, tried, attempted the whole 30. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm still getting those, those text messages every day, <laughs> even though I'm yeah. still like eating cheese and bread. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's an interesting one. Um, yeah. And then uh, during the New Year's, when, when, you know, we were looking for New Year's plans, I saw a few there that I screenshotted for, you know. Yeah. That's normally <laughs> what I do. That's normally how I interact with it. I'll, like, get the text message and screenshot it if I'm like, oh, that sounds like something fun for, like, President's Day weekend or, you know, like, yeah. a weekend. 
Yeah, that's funny. That's something that we hear from quite a few people. And obviously we can't track track that. And so it's always funny to learn how different people interact with the the nudge differently. Yeah. I'm curious about that too. What how like what is your back end system look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't track, you know, as much as maybe like an email newsletter right. could, but we can track, you know, when people click on a link or save mm-hmm. it to the app. And we, we've implemented recently like a thumbs up, thumbs down system to try mm-hmm. to get more. We're trying to build in a lot more feedback loops so that we can always be, you know, have an understanding of what nudgers are liking or what they want improved. And so now you can, you know, after a nudge just been sent out you can thumbs up thumbs down and we'll ask mm-hmm. you what what you liked about it or what you didn't like about it and that's been really helpful for us to to read and learn and we've been really impressed with the people that are willing to give us feedback and people seem to really appreciate that we're even asking for feedback yeah we're just kind of digging in more into the the back end data to, mm-hmm. to drive our decisions a little bit more yeah Well, Sarah, it's been great talking with you. I learned so much about you and your journey and more about my favorite app, The Nudge. What, Mm -hmm. uh, what's coming up? What's on the horizon? So yeah, we've just launched in, in Seattle and then we're, we're probably going to launch two to three more of these specialized nudge programs. Like you mentioned the whole 30 nudge. Um, and those were, we haven't, um, publicly announced yet. And then we're going to launch in about three more cities this year. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To hear more, check out our website, badassesintech.com, and join our community. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So follow us and tune in next week. That about sums it up. I'm Summer Falgiano, and this is Badasses in Tech.